This is Matt Doherty, executive coach, public speaker, and author. You're listening to The Shadows Podcast. Welcome, Shadows listeners, to part two of The Shadows Podcast with Iman Tucker. He is an entrepreneur, professional DJ. He is currently a DJ for the Indiana Pacers and Indiana Hoosiers basketball teams. During part two of this discussion of the Shadows podcast, he talks about what's worked for him to overcome anxiety, something a lot of us struggle with. Also, how did he build a highly successful tech company? What did he learn about himself most during the recent pandemic? Also, he talks about starting a faith-based retail company, Believe Brand. When did he discover his skills and talents as a DJ? And how did persistence pay off and land him a gig as a DJ for the Indiana Pacers and Indiana Hoosiers? Then we get really deep into what does legacy really mean? Folks, we hope you enjoy this episode. Reminder, stay tuned next week as we tip off our Rebound Series Season 3. Rebound Series is consistently our most downloaded month for the past two years, and we're expecting much of the same as we have an absolutely stacked lineup of guests. If you want to see the guests we got, head over to Instagram page, the underscore shadows podcast. Also, check us out on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of those episodes. And as always, if you like what you're listening to, Head over to Apple's, Spotify, or theshadowspodcast.com and leave us a review. Now, without further ado, let's pick back up part two of The Shadows Podcast with Iman Tucker. What advice would you have for a listener out there who's really, really struggling with anxiety? Yeah, well, I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to confirm and agree that anxiety is a real thing and people Mm -hmm. really struggle with it and it can really ruin lives, ruin careers, ruin marriages, relationships and everything. So number one, acknowledge the fact that you have it. Mm -hmm. But then number two, also acknowledge that anxiety is an internal endeavor. It's one of those silent battles. It's one of those things that perhaps maybe somebody that's trained can see it on the outside, but for the most time, it's camouflaged within you. But then to also recognize that typically the anxiety that you have is about something that's outward focused. So whether it's a speech that you have to give or whether it's a feeling like you're inadequate to the people you're around or social anxiety, whatever that thing is. And so now what you got to do is is you got to bridge that gap between the outward expression and that inward expression. And so for me, like when I have anxiety, when it came to track or when it came to a sales meeting or when it came to a DJ competition in those spaces, I recognize. I can actually control that anxiety through being prepared, right? So if it's anxiety about talking in front of a ton of people or doing this or doing that, what are little micro moments in which you can prepare for that to start to subdue and suppress a bit of that anxiety? But then for me, and this is just what's worked for me, when I think about the internal anxiety where it's not a conversation about preparation, I start recognizing uh, what you focus on increases. So, and, th- and that's actually a quote from the book, The Noticer. It's one of those quotes I just can never forget. What you focus on increases. In the moments that I'm having that anxiety inside of me, I notice I'm focusing on me. I'm making 
everything about me. And I'm literally sitting in that space of low or stress or whatever that is. But when I shift my focus and I start focusing on people outside of me, now all of a sudden I start to realize that that begins to relinquish that a lot. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't still fill up your cup and you make sure that you have what you need to do what you need to get done. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is once you have already taken the time to take care of yourself, make sure that you take that focus off of yourself and watch how things change. Yeah, that's really good advice. That's uh, had a previous guest who said it's almost like wearing that helmet with mirrors and it's all focused on us. And you're going to continue to struggle if you don't start to pull those mirrors and focus them outwards on, on other people. And we're built as society. I mean, with social media, like it is for us all to wear that helmet. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. What, what you focus on increases next thing for you is, uh, let's talk about some of this. I mean, great stuff you're doing out there. Like you build a highly successful tech company. Talk to us about that piece. Yeah. So talk about a a feeling inadequate, right? (laughs) A a young black man in technology, you just don't see it very often. And so um, that was another situation. And every, every time there's been any type of achievement in my life, there's always been somebody specifically in most cases of the majority that has taken me in, allowed me to be me and I almost call it like a shape up, like uh, when you get you know, your beard lined up or whatever, they've always shaped it up to a point where it can still look like me, but then be presentable in a way that allows success to happen. So with technology, I was blessed with one of the best business partners that was a software engineer, software developer, spent years in code, but he just needed somebody that had a little bit of swag. He needed somebody that could communicate and help him push his vision for his product out to the market, sell that, close those deals, get that feedback and learn how we could build a different project or a better product, I should say. And so that was one of those really big moments in my life because that was like the first time I I thought that I was doing something that was like on a massive scale, not just like a small community scale, but on a massive yeah. scale. Um, and I guess it's all relative, right? Uh, how, what massive is, but uh, that was such a fun experience. I, I can't lie. Probably one of my favorite life experiences was being a part of that tech company. And there was only two of us. Really? Mm-hmm. How, how long were you working with that? Uh, that was about a four-year project that we ended up working on it together. Wow. Was that during the pandemic as well? Um, so it was at this, it was like a couple years before the pandemic and then leading up through the pandemic. And so then once things got to that like semi-normal stage, that's when yeah. uh, we, we ended up uh, doing different things after that. Speaking of the pandemic, I love to ask this question. What was the biggest thing you learned about yourself during that era? How much time I waste, for sure. Uh, (laughs) No kidding. How much money I waste, how much focus I waste. I mean, at that point, it was, I guess it was easy to be distracted, like on your phone. But as far as like all these trinkets out in the earth, you really didn't have those. Yeah. So for me, I recognize that like, I'm kind of a lot of my success has been a lot of luck. Like, yeah, I worked hard, but I didn't work like obsessively focused hard. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I say my days became my nights, that was like the first time where I was actually sitting down working on specific DJ skills for hours on end. That was the first Mm -hmm. time I'm actually learning specific technology and SAS moments hours on end. That was the first time I was actually working out and refining my body in a way that would make me stronger as a man hours on end. And so that's when I learned it doesn't actually take a lot to be successful. It just takes a lot of focus in a specific amount of time. Yeah. I've 
feel for anyone. I've had friends, I've had family who've been, uh, who were ill. And I know people out there have lost family members during the pandemic. Uh, but I, I think it was really, a, it was the ultimate test of like for you, us to measure internally where we were at with our lives. Some people came out of it and they're like, I can't stay in this house with this family days on end. They're absolutely driving me crazy. Uh, some were saying I got nothing out of it, but so many people I talked to are like, I really excelled or I picked up a new trait or I got better. Or I realized instead of me wasting all this time, Oh my gosh, the silver lining is this was like a, a blessing um, in, in terms of having this happen to me to where I could understand, I could change kind of the trajectory of your life moving forward. And, and you've done some, Awesome. I mean, you mentioned the faith-based retail company that you have, uh, Believe Brand. How did that brainchild get started there? Yeah. So specifically the retail company or just businesses in general? Yep. The retail company. Yes. With the retail company, I recognize that we were, we're basically walking billboards. We wear a lot of things that don't particularly represent us or speak to what we believe in, whether Mm. that be um, spiritual or, you know, professional or even with your hobbies and stuff. And so there just got a point where, as I started building my DJ brand, I was like, you know, I want people to know me something for something outside of just the music that you hear. So why don't I just start wearing the a logo that represents my faith? And so maybe people ask about it and maybe people never don't, but either way, it's my brand logo. It's what we're going to walk with. And so it started off as a me thing, but the market has an interesting way of validating products. If it's good, people are going to talk about it. Or if it's worth talking about, people are going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I had people on both ends of the spectrum, actually three inches of the spectrum, people that were Christians that agreed with the message that loved the shirts, non-Christians, but they were still very religious that asked me why I wanted to be a Christian. And then even people that didn't believe in God or anything spirituality at all saying like, why do you wear that? And so it started creating conversations that I felt like I just couldn't keep to myself. Like if I can wear this all day, but like, I think other people should have the benefit of wearing some of this stuff and having these conversations as well. And so as the product was validated, um, we just started making more and it just started growing and growing and growing and scaling. And so then the next thing I realized was, is I didn't really care about the monetary side of this because at this point I was DJing still and I had the tech company. And for me, like giving back, I told you service meant a lot to me. So instead of me just taking some of my earned income from these other spaces, I said, why don't we just get rid of all the money that we make for this. And that doesn't mean that we're a nonprofit by any means. We're still, we're built as a for-profit business, but at the end of all of our statements, we say, okay, what can we support? Whose life can we encourage with this? What kind of money can we give away for this? And I, again, I don't say this to share my support or share what I'm trying to do for other people, but I say that to say like, that was the heart behind the business that made it so much easier for me to want to continue to invest into it and grow it to a certain point. That's awesome. I mean, just the giving back aspect. And then like you said, just taking that brand and and having is that what the hat stems from? This is actually fear of God. So this is a designer out in LA, Jerry Lorenzo. Um, but it's a similar concept. People say, "What is the G on your hat?" Just like you just asked me. Next mm-hmm. thing I know, we're in a conversation about, "Oh, I wear this because I was inspired by this designer." Um, I have my own retail company. This is what it means to me. And next thing you know, we're in a whole dialogue about it. Yep, you lured me right into it. I lured you right into it. Let's I was go. Like, I got to ask about the hat now. So. <laughs> Well, you also mentioned during the pandemic, uh, that's where you were able to uh, really work on your DJ skills. When did you realize that was the talent you have? Um, So let me just be completely honest. Like when I first started, I was terrible. Like many people with many things. I think some people assume that like, wow, I get that comment. Come on, you're so talented. And I'm like, thanks, because five years ago, you would have never said that. (laughs) Um, 
I actually, it's still crazy to this day. And I don't know if this is like a childhood thing or what that I need to uncover to this day. I actually still don't think I'm very good as a DJ, but for some reason, the clients and the opportunities keep showing up. And over the past three, four years, they keep getting bigger and bigger. So I guess I'm doing something right. But the short story about how that happened was, is when I was in college, my teammates loved to party every single weekend three days a weekend yeah. and for me being their leader being their captain i'm thinking like okay they're going to party whether i'm there or not so i might as well show up be their dd make sure they get to point a point b make sure they don't take no girls home make sure they don't get too drunk you better not be touching no substance because i'm going to be there watching like you know the big brother in the house good for you then yeah i show up to this party and next thing i know i'd be bored out of my mind because i'm the type of guy that if i don't have utility once i'm in a certain situation like i just feel useless because my utility was pre-party and post-party but during party i'm standing on the back of the wall so one day somebody asked me to play music at this party and then when i recognized that wait a second the music i just happen to like happens to be music to people want to party to the entrepreneur brain started kicking in in me and it started off was just like okay let me do this as a thing to do while i'm at these parties but the next thing i'm, I'm like okay how can i grow this how can i scale this how can i audit this what needs to be better next thing i know i'm buying a ton of dj equipment and uh i'm traveling the country just djing all the time and i i can't I can't speak on how much it's meant to me as my life because for me, that's been a creative outlet that's allowed that other side of my brain, the non-analytical side, the creative side to fire up that now allows me to actually enjoy doing the hard stuff in the tech company because I know that when the weekend comes around, I got that creative outlet I can now like dive into. Yeah. And just to apply some context, so this was like what, 08, somewhere around there when you got started with it? Uh, no, so this is college, excuse me, freshman year of college. So this is probably 2012. 2012. All right. Oh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Actually, I didn't go to my first party until I was 21. That is not true. It was 2015, 2016. That's when it was. Yeah. Okay. 2015, yeah. 2016. All right. And how in the world did you transition from I'm bored, hanging out back here with my Sprite on the back of the wall to now I'm... Um, with the Pacers and the Hoosiers? Well, I just think, I thank God for just the perspective because the way I've always operated is, is when I purchase things or when I walk through things and let's say like, um, I want to purchase a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't just go into the store and purchase the t-shirt. I try to think in my mind, like, why did I purchase that t-shirt here? What was the price of the t-shirt? What was the return on my investment? I think of all these like little weird subcategories of just a t-shirt i do the same i I think it's the shark tank in me i I do the same yeah exactly okay so as an entrepreneur you understand exactly where i'm going with this and so as i would look and i would see my product what i'm doing as a dj and as i'd listen to other djs because i came hyper focused i'm sure you're like this with podcasts now too Mm -hmm. because you're in that space you're hyper focused of what everybody else in that space is also doing and i just recognize there's certain things about djs a lot of djs are taking a lazy way out and they're just getting to a point where they can make good money, but they're not really investing into this love and this passion. And then I thought, well, what if I took what I learned from the business person as a technologist and what I'm learning as a creative watching mm-hmm. these other DJs and marry that relationship and then start pitching and proposing and reaching out and doing marketing campaigns about my brand as a DJ. And that's when I started seeing like all these opportunities unlock that I was completely invisible for before. Hmm. 
How how in the world did you land those gigs? Like, how did that happen? Did the Pacers call you? Did Indiana get Coach Knight on the phone to recruit you? Like, what in the world happened there? I just need all the men that are listening to this to close their eyes and imagine the girl of their dreams knocks on their front door and says, I want to marry you. Okay. And she checks all the boxes. What are the likelihoods of that happening had she never met you or heard of you before? Very unlikely. I would almost say zero. Yeah. And so like people see that and they think like, oh, the Pacers must have reached out to you or heard about you through this thing or that thing. Like, no, this was years of being told. No, this is sending email. This is showing up to the arenas. This is showing up to the games, writing out like, hey, this is my report on the game and what I think could have went better from an entertainment standpoint. And then saying, um, no, thanks. You have no experience. Um, no, thanks. We've never heard of you. No, thanks. It's not in our budget. This is with IU and Pacers. This is multiple years of constant follow-up, constant pitching, constant networking until somebody said, all right, Iman, we're going to give you a shot. And the shot they gave me was like bottom line. You bring your own gear. You DJ outside of the arena as fans walk past for like 13 seconds. And if you like it, but if we like you, cool, that's about all we're going to give you. But literally putting everything into that one experience, even though I had no idea what was going to be on the other side, people recognizing, wait a second, this guy's literally taking this as if he's, he's DJing outside of a regular season game and he's treating this like he's about to DJ for the Super Bowl. Like yeah. this guy really cares. And through them noticing that I cared and through them noticing that I've been putting years of investing into this thing, now all of a sudden they give you a, a bigger yes and then a bigger yes and then a bigger yes to the point where now I look back and I can say, oh yeah, I had this all planned out. But three years ago, I wasn't doing any of this. I had no clue it was even mm. possible. Just persistence. Persistence and persistence overcomes resistance. And once you learn that, you understand that and you create a plan of action to do that, you find out now you have purpose for all those random nights where you're staying up for long hours, investing into that thing you truly believe in or you enjoy. Yeah. And we talked about being with the Hoosiers and, and what happened when my Tar Heels went up there this, this past year. <laughs> but you know, I've noticed that though, because so we go to North Carolina. They got a DJ uh, at their games, an entertainer out there on the court. Georgia Tech, uh, we just went there on Saturday. They have one as well. You're starting to see a lot more colleges incorporate that in as opposed to just the old school cheerleaders run out there dance. You know, the PA announcer tells you about their local sponsors. So it, it definitely does add a different vibe to it, which is really cool to see. For you, question here, what what is next for you? Like, what's that next big thing you want to do? I don't know if you, um, it's a curse and a blessing, but mm -hmm. sometimes n it never seems like enough is enough as if there's always something bigger to achieve or bigger oh, to yeah. obtain. And I had to just take a step back the other day while I was at assembly hall and just look around and be grateful. And so I think the immediate thing for me to do right now in this season is to be so grateful for these opportunities that have been given and I've been allowed to be a part of. And then also I got to figure out like if we want to keep scaling this and if we want to keep growing this, I really want to give my best. I don't think my best is just staying where I'm at with my skill set or where I'm at, even with my opportunities. And so I want to see the world, you know, I want to know how other cultures see DJing. I want to understand that from a full holistic experience, but even with technology, like I want to see a technology company that is not just two people. I want to see a technology company where I'm giving people that may have never gotten look like the same look that I wanted when I was younger. 
I want to be able to give them that look. And so yeah. I got to hit the whiteboard. I got to hit the drawing board. And I got to start coming, taking a problem-based approach to figuring out how I can build systems that allow other people to succeed. I mean, with the DJ company right now, I do have an intern and, you know, he's a guy just like me, you know, a young melanated brother from the inner city that's now in a space that's a little bit more rural. And to see him find his own identity and his own purpose and passion through the sacrifices we've made as a DJ company gives me hope that like there's actually value in that. And if I can figure out how to do that on a larger scale and scale more things up, then I think that uh, I'll, I'll be really proud of just the work our community's done for all this stuff. Yeah. We hit stop on recording. I got something to, to run by you, an idea. Um that occurred to me over the weekend to deal with technology and, and bigger spaces like arenas. So uh, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go to? Uh, yeah. So my name is Iman. I am a in, but smooth. eye, Iman Tucker. Um, you can find me, just look me up on Google, just Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. I try to be everywhere because I don't really ever want to pigeonhole um, how I want to shoot content out versus how my media may want to receive it. So um, just Google Iman Tucker and you'll find it. And whatever you want to, whatever medium you want to look at, just put it in afterwards. I'm sure you'll find it right away. And then what do you want your legacy to be 50 years from now? That's a great question. Um, and I got to be honest with you, like the older I'm getting, I say that not being very old or maybe I'm young and immature and saying this and forgive me if that's the case, but I don't think I'm really all that concerned with legacy anymore because I've just seen so many amazing athletes, uh, so many amazing artists that have been taken away too soon their legacies become almost invisible. You think of somebody like um, Michael Jordan, who is hands down one of the best players ever. People are already second guessing whether or not he was the best player ever because we got guys like LeBron James just doing things different. Um, and actually I asked my eight-year-old um, DJ student, I said, hey, um, have you heard that new Justin Bieber song? And the young man said, who's Justin Bieber? Oh, <laughs> makes so me feel old. You just think about like all this impact that these people have come before us have done. And like at some point, the whoever was the richest man 300 years ago, we don't even know who that person is. We can't even identify that. So true. what is the value of legacy? And so at this point, I don't even think it's about legacy. I think it's about maximizing impact while we're here where our feet currently are. Yeah, it's very true. Like even if you look at, uh, you know, we're big into movies and and even sports and stuff like that you can mention a, a a basketball player from the fifties or sixties and said it was one of the best ever. And it's like, you automatically write them off because of that era, discounting everything about them and everything they put in and the time and effort and, and all of that. And you're like, nah, could never cut it today. That's crazy though. Yeah. And, and shout out just real quick, shout out to Quinn Buckner. Um, so I told you I'm affiliated with IU. I'm yeah. affiliated with the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Well, he approached me the other day in the arena and, and, and mind you, forgive me, Quinn, so much, but I actually didn't know who he was when he approached me. And he said, Hey man, what's your name? Where are you from? We started talking a little bit. I said, what's your name, sir? He's like, my name's Quinn Buckner. And I remember hearing the name, but I knew Quinn Buckner as the reporter, as the game, the play-by-play. He's analysis. on the 76 team, I think exactly where i'm going with this yeah. but then i find out he was an nba legend 
he was an IU legend. And these are things that I'm trying to embody and really be a part of. And I didn't even know who he was mm. like shame on me for not understanding my history and props to him for all the things that he's done because Indiana people should know who Quinn Buckner is. But I just say that to say like, that's the sad part about legacy. Sometimes as great as you are, it seems like young people only really know what's relevant to them in the moment. Yeah. We're my, my class the other day, we were talking about something and someone brought up Patrick Swayze and people were like, who the hell's that? Oh um, no. Yeah. So yeah. Makes you feel old, but yeah, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you taking time to do this. Um, folks definitely go check them out. Give them a follow all the social media platforms. Uh, final comments for our listeners. Uh, yeah, just whoever's hearing this, number one, thank you if you made it this far. Um, it means so much to me for people just to listen, to, for me to have a chance to share my story. And I don't know what it is that you're going through or struggling with or want to overcome, but just know that if you give it your consistent best effort, the one thing I can promise you is that things will be better than they were before you started. So thanks for listening. I mean, you got a good podcast voice. You would be good at podcasting. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. This is my first go around with it. So really? Uh, just with the podcast with a podcast circuit i should say yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean you, just different theme than mine because your your voice your pipes are a little bit better than mine and then you got the dj and technology skills so as long as you're not like another category i think you definitely man you could do some good stuff with that too man well, thank you so much well folks i have enjoyed this episode uh make sure you head over to whatever your preferred podcast platform is leave us a review if you like what you're listening to also support us on our YouTube channel. And folks, we will see you back next week with a brand new episode of The Shadows Podcast.